0: You're listening to Parenting Our Future with Certified Parent Coach, Robin McMahon, author of The Yelling Cure and founder of Parenting for Connection. My podcast is all about providing you with the tools and solutions you need in your parenting so you can create the family you always wanted. Hi parents, it's Robin McMahon here. Just before you dive into this episode, I wanna invite you to join my new membership site for free. My site, which is at www.parent-toolbox.com, is the companion to my award-winning podcast where you will find game-changing tools and resources from me and from my expert guests who are among the top leaders in the parenting world. Join for free today at www.parent-toolbox.com. Now back to the show. Hello everybody. It's Robin McMahon back here on Parenting Our Future. Welcome back to the show. Get ready to just like sink in and listen. And if you're on YouTube, you're going to watch this, but just get ready for some mindfulness, for some like chill out with my guest. Josephine Etlurie. Now she's been on this podcast before, and today we are talking about mindfulness for parents. Let me tell you a little bit about Josephine first. She is an expert in meditation and mindfulness, helping thousands of people overcome adversity to find joy. Yes, please. Yes. Josephine's group, individual and corporate meditation sessions and online courses teach simple and practical coping mechanisms for stress, anxiety, and loss. After working with Josephine, clients have experienced improvements in mindset, health and mental well-being, including sleep, productivity and their ability to handle life's challenges. She has a new book called The Mindful Parenting Journal that helps overwhelmed parents consciously connect to themselves and to their kids. I mean, that's my jam right there. Josephine, welcome. I'm so happy to have you back.
1: Oh, it's such a pleasure. I'm so excited to be speaking with you again, Robin.
0: Yes. Yes. This is so great. And every parent needs this. But it's not easy. It's not intuitive to know how to do this stuff. Right. And the world gets more complicated and more stressful. And there has never been a more crucial time than now to practice this stuff, but we need people to teach us. Right. So uh, tell me why you wrote this book, what this bo- book is all about. It's a mindfulness journal. So it's not just a book. It's actually like a workbook, right?
1: Yes, exactly. And And, you know, I have been told that I emit sort of a calm vibe, which I I think my husband and my children would beg to differ with. (laughs) But uh, I thought, you know what, I have all these strategies and tips and tools that have worked for me and have worked with other clients that I figured, you know what, it's time to put pen to paper and to share those really accessible and approachable tips with all the parents out there who are very well intentioned, but like you said, they just need a little guidance and they need uh, a framework for how to approach being more aware and um, more conscious as a parent.
0: So let me ask you if it's okay to sort of go backwards a little bit and talk about where your journey in this area really started. And uh, am I am I correct in saying this really started in your journey to build a family, to grow a family?
1: Yeah, so as we spoke last time, I, uh, I actually added two kids since I spoke to you last because now I have four month old twin girls. Yeah, oh. so we did the book and some more babies in the process. So now I have seven kids. And it was through that process of international adoption, IVF surrogacy, that we created our family. And in doing so, you know, halfway through, I wasn't working at the time. I was purely focused on trying to create and build our family. But then halfway through, I decided to go back to work. And it was in returning back to work that I realized that I didn't have tools to navigate my mental and emotional well-being. And that's how I stumbled upon mindfulness and meditation. And it was such a game changer for me that I felt this calling to give back to others. And at first I started with corporate meditation because that was what I was familiar with. You know, I was back at work and I thought, well, this is the way that I can best serve others is my understanding of what stress is like in the corporate environment. But as I was continuing to work in this field, I realized that you know, back when I was undergoing infertility, I could have really used these tools to help me navigate that process, which is so tumultuous and difficult. And then as I continue, you know, raising all these kiddos, I have people just lamenting to me like, oh, you're a mindfulness meditation teacher. You know, I, I wonder if that would help me. And I'm like, yes, absolutely. It would. And, and it's so simple. It You know, I say it's simple to do, but it's very, easy to sort of incorporate into your daily life with just something as simple as asking yourself a question, Mm -hmm. which is what you'll find, um, throughout my book, just simple questions. If you can just do that, you start to build up awareness and recognition of yourself and your emotions. And that's where really where it all starts from.
0: Mm, It's beautiful. And and the only reason I bring that up is because, like a lot of people, you've really turned your adversity into something for other people. And and I think that's really beautiful. I know there's more to your story than what you just said, that your husband had, had a sickness as well. So you've really been through the ringer. And by the way, congratulations on those two little girls. That is beautiful and they are so lucky so blessed to be in your care because uh, I know they're in a good place. That's for sure. So congratulations for that.
1: Thank you. We're so obsessed with them. We know that they're our last. So, I mean, everyone is doting on them. (laughs)
0: That's So sweet. Can I ask you where they're from?
1: Yeah. Um, they, Oh, the last round we did through surrogacy again.
0: Oh, you did. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, congratulations. That's so exciting. So exciting. Good for you. All right. So, um, and, and by the way, you know, the work that you do is a little bit on, um, you know, fertility journey as well as mindfulness and parenting and it all kind of, kind of meshes all together, doesn't it?
1: Yes, exactly. Uh, Um, many of the clients that I work with are going through their process to, to become parents and then they're on that road. Some just without infertility treatments and, but most of them, yes, with that. And and then once they become parents, you know, you want to still maintain this mindfulness that you've cultivated or perhaps you're coming in and have not really approached it. And so I help parents to, to figure out and weave some tools into their lives that can help them just be a little bit more conscious of what they're doing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I always think it's so easy to be mindful when you're at a retreat or you're, you know, without the kids, but it's when the kids are here with you, you know, screaming over, you know, a broken Granola bar. That you really need those mindfulness tools, right? You really need to like not take that personally and not make that be the last, like the straw that broke the camel's back, right? Because yes, it happens. Exactly. <laughs> it happens, and if you've got seven, it's happening more than once. More than <laughs> one kid. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. So let's talk about how you break up this, um, this journal. Um, you have different sections and I want to touch on each one of them. So regaining focus, giving yourself a break, managing stress and anxiety, staying cool when emotions run hot, communicating mindfully, consciously connecting and cultivating gratitude, joy, and peace. Oh, no big deal. No big deal there. Right. Okay. So, um, let's talk about regaining focus. What do you mean by that?
1: Yeah. So just before I go into that section, what I wanted to make note of is that I split the book up into kind of two bigger sections. So the very first few sections really address you as an individual, you know, mm-hmm. before, you know you're not just a parent, you are a person too. And in order to understand what mindfulness is, and in order to be able to apply it to your connection with your child and also teach them, you need to figure that out for yourself. And so that's what those first few sections are. And then the the latter half of the book, then there are some um, exercises that actually involve your child and, but most of them do ask you to be mindful of yourself as a parent and what Mm -hmm. you're doing as your role as a parent. So back to your question of regaining your focus, this section really talks about what um, mindfulness is, which is essentially just awareness, awareness of yourself, your emotions, your physical body, your environment, and how you interact with other people. And it just goes through many steps of figuring out, you know, why are you doing this? Why are you here? What is your intention for this, this process? And, and then helping you to be more aware of yourself in that moment.
0: Mm, Okay. Okay. So just it's what I hear is sort of like a grounding, like just noticing where you are, like the chair that I'm sitting on the floor on my feet, that sort of thing, really grounding you in this moment, right? Not in the future, not in the past because that doesn't exist, right? It just is this moment right now. Okay. So focusing. Okay. Then what about giving yourself a break?
1: Yeah. So this whole section, I thought it was important to discuss self-care. Because, you know, we as parents are constantly giving of ourselves, giving, giving, giving. And then we reach a point where we're just giving from this vessel that's just it's too filled. And so I, I had to have a section where I talk about ways in which you can care for yourself and love yourself. So using things like affirmations and looking at what tools you have in your self-care toolkit to be able to care for you as a a person. Um, So that's what all of those, you know, that section is about. I think in that section, I may have also discussed like these inner voices that we have, this inner critic Mm. that is constantly, you know, um, bringing us down and criticizing us for not being the best mom or not being the best dad and ways in which you can flip the script and change that narrative in your mind to celebrate, all of your wins, all of the great things that you do on a daily basis as a parent and understanding that.
0: Yeah. I think we're, we are our own worst critic, our own worst enemy. We really should all over ourselves. Like, well, I should be doing this. I should do this better. I shouldn't do this. I, all this kind of stuff. Right. And that mental chatter doesn't ever help you be more connected or more present or focused, right, uh, at all. And uh, it affects your confidence, I think, too, and your calmness and your ability to connect. It's those three C's, right? So I think um, I, I totally agree with you. So so let me ask you then, as a mom of seven, how do you take a break? Yeah, no, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah go. I'm going to put you on the spot. Question. <laughs>
1: Um, but I just want to make a point that there is, you know, the word should, it, it can be so destructive. And I do have one of the journal entries as like the shoulda, coulda, woulda, mm-hmm. uh, which is, you know, let's eliminate that word should. And so in with regards to your question, uh, how do I care for myself? I, I try to, I'll be honest with everyone. I have my moments where I am just like, I'm just too exhausted I have not followed my own advice and have cared for everyone else except for myself. But in those moments, I am still recognizing that I'm doing it and I'm still sort of aware of how I'm feeling. And when I actually give myself that opportunity to stop, it can be something as simple as just taking a few deep breaths. Because for me, I've gotten to a point where it's just really restorative for me to just take a deep breath. It really is for me. And what I like to guide my clients for it to be for them, it's like hitting that pause button so that you can refresh yourself. Like you refresh your computer or, you know, your program, whatever it is, that's what it is for your body and your mind. Mm-hmm. And so something as simple like that really for me can make such a huge difference. I mean, yes, last week I had to just up and leave. I left for like two days and it, it was the first time that I had done so before COVID mm. away from all my kids. And it was exactly what I needed. Mm-hmm. I was in tune with the fact that, you know what? I feel so burnt out. I just really need to get away. Yeah, And I made it happen. I am lucky that I have such a great support system here with, you know, with my mother-in-law, with my husband and my father. Um, So it was, it was possible, but not everyone is able to get away. I understand that. And so, doing little things for yourself that can really rejuvenate you and nourish you uh, are really helpful. But it all stems from back to that point of being aware, because if you're not in tune with the fact that you're starting to feel burnt out, you're starting to feel overwhelmed or stressed, then you really can't care for yourself. You can't implement any tools because you're not, you're not recognizing it. So it all comes back to that mindfulness, that mindful awareness for yourself.
0: Well, I like the idea, too, of affirmations, you know, to to be intentional about what you're saying to yourself, because words matter. That internal dialogue matters, right? Like we can talk 124 words a minute, but we can think 10 times as fast. So if I have said to myself, I'm failing, I'm a bad mom, you're a loser, you're a whatever, right? All of those awful things we say to ourselves, right? Which meant I mean. There isn't a client that I have worked with where it didn't come down to, I'm just not good enough. Right. But if you can switch that, that internal dialogue to, you know, and maybe I, I can defer to you, what, what are the affirmations that, that you would use or that you suggest in those yeah, times? No,
1: it, yes. The power of words is really um, a key thing to remember because it's what, you know, what you feed yourself is what, what you get, Right. Mm -hmm. whether that's food or if those are thoughts and if you're constantly berating yourself feeding yourself thoughts such as you know i didn't do a good job here i i suck at this i'm never going to get this right then that's what your mind is hearing and that's what your Mm -hmm. mind is is able to to absorb but instead if you're able to add in another voice a voice that can challenge that Mm -hmm. inner critic then at least you're starting to have something else that you're feeding your mind And the important thing to remember here is that you may not even believe it as you're saying (laughs) it, right? In the beginning, you know, this is especially true with affirmations. If you're telling yourself that you're beautiful, but you don't feel it, Mm -hmm. you you know, just don't stop saying it. Mm -hmm. Because what happens is when you start to just say it, you start to internalize it and you start Mm -hmm. to believe it and you're creating this pathway in your brain for really accepting Mm -hmm. those words It may take a few months. It may take a year, but suddenly it doesn't become so hard. Like in the Mm -hmm. beginning, you'll notice, "Ah, I don't want to say this because I don't feel this to be true over time. It just becomes easier. And that's because you've allowed, you've made that opportunity to accept those words into even to your your mindset, right? So back to your question of like things that I I use, you know, for a parent, I will say things like I'm capable. I'm Mm -hmm. doing a great job. And then when I feel, you know, we all feel guilty. Sometimes when we take a break for ourselves as parents mm-hmm. or feel a little selfish, then I'll say affirmations like I'm worthy of rest. I'm worthy of healing. I'm worthy of, of forgiveness. You know, these are all things that remind me that I'm a human being and that I'm doing the best that I can simply by showing up and simply by trying each day with my kids and for myself mm-hmm. and are just reminders that we just have to to give ourselves. And that's really what an affirmation comes down to.
0: Mm. I'm going to include everyone that you just said in the show notes, because I think it's really helpful. Sometimes people just need to know like where to start, you know, um, and sometimes too, you know, I'm, I'm totally with you. I know that what happens is, is you repeat it over and over and over again, and it really is programmed into your subconscious. Right. And, um, and look, it doesn't take any more energy to program a negative thought than it does a positive thought. So let's work on the positive thought, right? Let's work on the empowering thought, right? And uh, and and that neural pathway, that'll be your default setting when you do feel triggered to... I'm capable. I'm capable. I'm capable. And I talk about the pause all the time because when you're able to put space between what's happening in front of you with your kids, with your husband, with work, with the world, put space between that and your reaction, even your, what you're saying to yourself about that situation, it just stops you from Reacting out of anger, out of fear, right? Uh, it and and it allows you to not say something you can't take back or whatever, right? So it is really a powerful tool. And you know, we, we talk about the breath all the time, and I think it's really important to remind people that the reason why we breathe deeply is because when we de- breathe deeply and slowly, it's it it gives a signal to our brain that we're safe. Instead of fight, flight, or freeze, right. Instead of going into that emotional brain that we have and that sort of thing. So, I mean, I just, I just want to celebrate that with you because I know that it's so great. And, you know, for anybody listening, um, and if I may just add to that, if you feel like you know, it is so foreign for you to say I'm worthy, um, or that, um, you know, I'm doing a great job. You can always say, you know, I'm accepting that I'm doing a great job or I'm working on accepting that I'm worthy or that sort of thing too. Right. Is that okay to say?
1: Yeah, no, I love that change, that slight
0: change in wording. It it definitely makes it more palatable for people. Yeah you can buy into that maybe a little bit more. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Um, so what about managing stress and anxiety? And I mean, oh my goodness, that is something we all need to talk about.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And you already actually touched upon it, Robin, when you were talking about, um, taking the pause, taking the long, slow, deep breath and how it activates, you know, um, our nervous system to tell us that we're no longer in a state of fight or flight and instead moving into a state of rest and digest. And so the breath Mm. is often overlooked, but it's something that is really scientifically powerful for us. And um, the other benefit of it is that it also gives us something to root ourselves into the present moment, because when you're focused, say on doing something like a counted breath or, if you're extending the length of time on a certain part of your breath, or if you're even trying to direct the breath somewhere like in your belly or in your chest, what's happening is that it's hard for you to think about something else, right? Because Mm -hmm. if you're really tuned into what you're supposed to be doing with that manipulation of the breath, then you're in the present moment as you're doing it. You can't. Ruminate over the past. You can't worry about the uncertainty of the future or all the things you have to do in the future. You're just there in the moment. Mm -hmm. And also, you're doing that thing of like navigating yourself out of that fight or flight state. Yes. That is what, you know, I talk about at length in that section about managing stress and anxiety. And then it it sort of runs into that next section of staying cool when emotions are running hot, which is what happens, you know, it's like that segue that we make into the parenting part, because that is often what's happening when we're interacting with our children, Mm -hmm. um, is that we have to figure out a way for us to stay calm and cool and connected, uh, so that we can respond to them in a healthier way, in a way that you know, shows them that we're validating them, that we understand and hear them, and that we're giving them a safe space to convey their feelings in whatever manner is accessible to them. You know, depending on their age and their ability. Um, and so, in in those moments, I often use utilize a lot a lot of self talk with affirmations, with other mantras, to help you, to help remind yourself about you know staying calm and cool. And I also incorporate a lot of breathing techniques so that when you're interacting with your child, you are able to still be there, but not get heightened by the energy that is coming at you. And Mm -hmm. instead you're able to just balance that with the energy that you are creating yourself.
0: Mm -hmm. And that's a real practice, right? Like that's not something you ever really perfect, is it? Um, It seems to me like there's so many Uh, so many other factors that would come into play. Like, how am I feeling in this moment? You know, am I extra tired? Did the babies keep me up all night? You know, like I could just imagine your house, seven kids, you know, you know the the babies start crying. Then somebody needs a, a you know a snack. Somebody else needs a drink. Somebody um, you know just uh, you know is tugging on the dog's hair. Or you know the so, and then then somebody just threw up. Like how do you like? I'm sure it's crazy some days. How do you manage all of that stuff? How do you do that? You yeah yeah. I just want to know about you. <laughs>
1: I feel like you're a fly on the wall because it feels like one of the days that I had just (laughs) but no you know you're you're right it it doesn't you can practice and you you can practice and it's never going to be something that you completely fine tune. I mean, that it'll be perfect. I don't like the word perfect. I think progress, progress is a beautiful P word. Let's use that instead of perfection. So that's what will happen as you continue to practice, you'll make progress. And that is, that is essential. So, you know, every time I do this, I get a little bit better at it. I'm, I'm better able to access it quicker That's one of the things that benefits that you'll find is that it won't take as long for me to cool myself down Mm. in that moment. It won't take as long for me to recognize when I'm feeling like overworked or um, Mm. as I call burnt out, you know, I was just like, I am better able to employ a strategy that can Mm. help me navigate the situation a lot better, both for myself and for my child. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when I, for example, at the end of the day, I can feel like, even though during those moments, I, I feel like I operated really well in those situations. Like I didn't get overly emotional or reactive when say my little babies were overtired and they couldn't soothe themselves. Like I didn't get sucked into, into that heightened state instead mm-hmm. I was just approaching them calmly and and then you know trying to get my five-year-olds to sleep mm-hmm. and they wanted to just keep talking and talking mm-hmm. but what I did was I I put myself in their perspective instead mm-hmm. of getting upset like you know so often I did in the past of like especially I, I know I hear this from many parents is at the end of the night you just want them to go to sleep so that you can go on with your day mm-hmm. like the other things you have to do And when I noticed that I was feeling this way with bedtime, I tried to just put myself in their shoes of what it was that they were trying to do. Uh, And it made it less about me. Mm -hmm. It made it more about understanding what their needs were. And in those moments, I understood, you know, they're excited, They want to just keep talking. They haven't seen me all day. This is their chance for one-on-one time with me. This is their opportunity to just, you know, maybe they're trying to stay up longer. And, you know, I recognize that. But at the same time, I can hear the joy in their voice. So I can instead pivot to that and appreciate what they're trying to tell me and then gently guide them back into what we're trying to do. And, you know, so those are, And then at the end of the day, like it, it sort of all sort of piles up. And even though I had those little wins, I still feel tired. And so in that moment, I'll, I'll assess what, what do I need? Do I need to go back to writing whatever I was writing or do I need to just nourish myself? And in this moment, what I'm craving is like interaction with my husband or my older kids and just resting and hanging out with them. And so that's Mm -hmm. typically what I'll do. But again, it all comes down to awareness of yourself, of the moment, of the other person. And that's what helps you continually um, move towards this progress of mm-hmm. being conscious.
0: Mm. You know what? I-, I love that really what you're saying, without saying it, is you are going from being at war with this moment to accepting this moment, right? Oh, yeah. Yes. Like really, because oftentimes anxiety comes from us being like at war with the present moment. Like we don't like what is, but if we accept what is, and I know that's a little like, you know, out there kind of, but it's just what is, it just is right. And so I can accept it and that's not easy or I can fight with it. And that's really not easy. Right. And so you actually taught me something in our last uh, discussion that I use even now. And I even talk to parents about it too. So just the, you know, just with the meditation, right. And the practice of meditation helps uh, in so many ways, of course we know, and, and it's also hard for people too. But one of the things that we talked about last time was you sort of acknowledging that you know, and I, I picture it myself as a train of thought, literally like a choo-choo train. (laughs) So an actual train, right. And there's all these train cars going past. And some of them have like thoughts that like, Oh, I want to get on that train car. Right. I want to get on that one and keep riding that one. Right. But actually the practice is to not get on that and just let it go. Right. Just let it go. Just let it go. Just let it go. Right. One after another, after another. And, and what I do and, and so, so what this does is it helps you when you want to be present with your kids in those moments where they want to share with you when, you know, when they need connection because bedtime, that's all about connection, right? Of course, they want to talk to you at bedtime, right? Is for you to be able to like, you know, manage your own stress and anxiety of like needing to go and do all those other things or be somewhere else or whatever. And just like, okay, allow those thoughts to come and then go and pass, right? Um so what I do too, like when I'm doing my own meditation practice, or I am, you know, working on my mindset, that different, those sort of different things, um, and thoughts come into my mind, I have a little pad of paper and I just like write down just because, because sometimes I just don't want, I don't want to forget it, but I just write it down and then it, then I can let it pass. So yeah. that's what I've learned to do, but that's because of you. So thank you. Oh, I <laughs> love that.
1: I love hearing how people put it into practice Yeah, and, and then sort of, fix it to what works best for them because everyone's different and you writing it down helps you sort of release that mm-hmm. anxiety of it, knowing that you, you won't forget it and that you can get back to it. And it's, yeah. it's just like a physical thing of, of you like taking the thought and then just being able to put it away. And that's, that's great. You know, that yeah. works. And you're able to go back to what you were doing. Oh, it was something that I heard the other day that has just stuck with me for um, ever since is basically what you were talking about, which is the acceptance of it. Mm. And it's much like, you know, water that is, um, meets an obstacle, right? It doesn't try to break the obstacle. Water doesn't like break it, like Mm. slice it in half. But over time, it just sort of, it just, gently flows around the obstacle it can go mm. over the obstacle but it's flowing with it but you know water as we know is still powerful it's mm. still able to erode things mm-hmm. but it does it patiently it doesn't do it like it doesn't try to force it, it just does it over time and so we can just be like water and just flow like you said flow with the situation rather than putting our expectations on on it and fighting with it, trying to make it into something that we need it to look like and feel mm-hmm. like, uh, you'll have a better a better outcome. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad you brought that up.
0: I love that, and this is all about having joy in your life, right? This is about letting life not be miserable. This is about having a a good, calm, happy, joyful, peaceful life, right? This is, and these practices are important. We need to know how to do this. So I love that. So let's talk about communicating mindfully and consciously connecting. So what are those two pieces all about?
1: Yeah, well, we already briefly touched upon it. And so once you're able to Harness this awareness, this recognition of the moment and yourself, then you're able to step into like what we talked about was just perspective and putting yourself in the other person's shoes. And when you gain that perspective, you gain under, you know, you gain empathy and understanding. And that makes communicating with another person a whole lot easier. It just changes mm-hmm. the game. Because no longer are you trying to set those expectations that you have in your mind of what this person really wants and what it is that how this thing should play out. Instead, you're understanding or at least trying to understand where they're coming from and are able to ask them if you need clarification. And this already allows the, the communication to flow better because mm-hmm. when you're, you're sort of instilling what you think your beliefs and your outcomes on the scenario, you, you put the other person on the defensive Mm-hmm. whether or not you realize it they are they put up a wall and they don't want to engage anymore because they don't feel heard they don't feel supported in this scenario and that's what you're trying that's another piece of what you're trying to do is that you're just trying to allow them to feel safe trusted like they can convey what they're feeling and and it's from that place that you're able to then communicate better and that all stems from that awareness of yourself of what you're doing in this moment like putting those expectations so awareness and then implementing perspective mm-hmm. and that opens up the conversation and the Yeah.
0: Key. Yeah, and and one of the things that I'd love to add to that is that whether or not you agree right? Even if you think what they're upset about is ridiculous, like a broken granola bar or in my house. I remember one time my sister came over and we had those little sippy cups and she had the audacity to put like a yellow lid on a blue cup. How dare she? And like my son was like, oh no, you don't, (laughs) right? Like you cannot do that, right? And so When you put yourself in in your child's shoes, you have to do it in all the newness that they see the world in, in all the innocence, in all, you know, in how as a a little five-year-old, right? You mentioned your five-year-olds, you know, how big the world seems how confusing the world seems how powerless I am in this world right like you know what it's not fair I don't get to chew gum yet you know it's really upsetting to me right and those things seem ridiculous and silly but it's not for your kids right it's a big deal yes
1: yeah no I love that you you added that part about it because it's true a lot of the times when we're putting ourselves in other people's perspectives we won't be we won't necessarily agree Yeah. So it does take a lot of, you know, it takes a lot of empathy and understanding to be listening. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like I'm just going to listen. And I think it's powerful to listen to understand, not listen to respond, not listen to convince, not listen to judge. Right. We're just listening to understand. And then we ask questions to further understand, you know, Um, and that's really important because kids are ready and willing to tell us what's going on, you know? Yeah. Right. Okay. So how do we cultivate Gratitude, joy, and peace.
1: Yeah, so I, I ended with that because at that point, you know, I figured, okay, you've already gone through the process of of sort of recognizing yourself and being aware of yourself and your situation and your child, and you've gone through the motions of communicating, and now you can really take that awareness up another notch and be aware of all the things that are surround you that are wonderful that you mm-hmm. as a parent, as an individual may take for granted or not even notice because life is so busy and you are running on autopilot and you're inundated with so many other other things and sources of, of like news and media that you lose touch with the mm-hmm. fact that, you know what? I can be grateful for one to three things today. Simple things mm-hmm. like my breath, this conversation. You know Mm -hmm. something I I did this morning, something simple like that. And when you start to cultivate that gratitude, it creates, like we said, this new way of thinking in your mind, this new neural pathway of being able to look at life through a lens of appreciation. And when you're Mm -hmm. able to do that because you practice every day, then life becomes so different. You know, Mm -hmm. you can approach things in a better way, and. No longer is your default looking at the negative, like things that, you know, you lack. Um, And instead, you can look at life through this lens of abundance.
0: Mm. Well, yeah. and, and, and I love that so much because we do, whether we like it or not, we have a negativity bias in our brains, right? And he, there's no better example of that than when you're having a beautiful, wonderful day. You've actually, this happened to me just the other day, right? I had um, this awesome conversation with um, the, some of the experts that are in this news, newsweek expert forum that I'm a part of as well. And I was talking to them about, you know, what some of my plans were and there were so many like great, like, yay, that sounds so wonderful and blah, blah, blah. Right. And then I had someone say, oh, I was talking to somebody else later and they said, oh, well, you know, I've heard this. And I was like, oh no. Like I started spiraling a little bit. Right. And it's like, nope, nope, nope. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do it. So I went back to the positive. I went back to, you know, to, to just, you know, taking in the good, focusing more on the good. And I think that, you know, in a way to level that playing field, it's so important to say, like, I am so grateful for this conversation, you know, that I've laughed that I've had, you know, I have felt bursts of joy while we've talked. I also love that today the sun is shining and, and I love that the, that the, the sky is never the same, you know, it's never the same twice, right. Or that this, Coffee. I, I love my Ember coffee mug that keeps my coffee hot for me. Um, you know, like those are the things, right? And they can be, they can be simple. They can be mundane. They can be easily just brushed aside. But why not take those in because they're also true, right? They're also true, not just the yes. crap. <laughs> right? Yes, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, you're preaching to the choir. I love it. <laughs> So much. Okay. So, um, so thank you for all of this. Thank you for, you know, creating something for parents to really help them to, to be more calm and connected. Uh, It's so, so important and we need it so much right now. So uh, tell me where do people get your mindfulness journal?
1: Yeah. So the book is called the mindfulness journal for parents. You can easily get it on Amazon Or I created an online companion course so that um, if you feel sort of intimidated by approaching mindfulness, you've not done it before. I took the exercises that are in the book and I made videos out of them so that I could guide you and you can just follow along. Easy as that. So um, you can find that on mindfulparentclass.com and that's where you can get the book combo or just the online course. Uh, I do want to make mention that I did shout you out in the book Robin because I just adore you. It's in the resor- the resources section of things to le- to like look at again because oh, you. as you said, you you know, we're speaking the same talk and I just adore the work that you do and oh. appreciate um, just speaking to you. So I had to put you in there. So, um, another place that you can find me is on Instagram at Josephine Art Lurie, where I'm putting a ton of mindfulness tips. Mm -hmm. I also have a podcast called responding to life, talking health, fertility, and parenthood. Mm -hmm. And, um, I'd love to connect with you all in that way. And I'll also be sharing a wonderful handout that can help you to tune in to, um, awareness techniques, such as gratitude, like we talked about, Um, Mm. affirmations like we discussed Mm. and also journaling prompts that you could do and some breathing techniques.
0: Oh, I just love it so much. Thank you. Yeah. So what you just mentioned um, in, in the last little bit there was uh, what we have in the Parent Toolbox. So that will be in there, um, those mindfulness tools. So please join the Parent Toolbox and you can download that for free from Josephine. So, um, you know, I just want to say thank you for this time. Um, thank you for the for the shout out in, in that book as well. That's just, that means the world to me. Um, and just really thank you for the work you're doing. You know, parents need the help right now. And it's so wonderful that people like you, mom of seven, you know, you're not just doing it for your family, which makes a huge difference for this world, but you're doing it for others as well. So Josephine, thank you so much. All of your details will be in the show notes and, uh, and don't forget those mindfulness tools. So it is the mindfulness journal for parents. Uh, thank you so much for being here.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Robin. It's always wonderful speaking to you.